ground under repairs, Amazon.com featured item of the week is Rick Riley's Missing Links. We're going to talk about Ponkapok Golf Course in Canton, Massachusetts today, and that was the inspiration for the fictional Ponky featured in Riley's book. This was once the perception of the old track, and if you want to know how far the course has come, just read what the fictional version was like. The before picture to go with today's after, Missing Links. Find the link on our Blog Talk radio page, and the URL will be in the podcast description. Now, Ground Under Repair. Here at Ground Under Repair, we firmly believe that golf is for everyone. And few courses speak to that more than Ponkapog Golf Club in Canton, Massachusetts. An 80-year-old Donald Ross design, Ponky is one of the most heavily played courses in America, and of course, being that well-traveled comes with a wide range of challenges. My guest this week, Jim Burke with the Massachusetts Department of Conservation and Recreation, has worked with Ponkapog, and he's going to tell us about the course's history, the course itself, and his own background in golf. This is Golf for Everybody. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Welcome to Ground Under Repair. Jim Burke is my guest today. Jim works in golf operations for the Massachusetts Department of Conservation and Recreation, and he's joining the show to talk about the unique and recently renovated Ponkapog Golf Course of Canton, Massachusetts. Jim, thank you so much for coming on Ground Under Repair. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. First and foremost, to work in golf, it takes a true love for the game. I'd love to hear your own journey through golf from when you started playing to making your career in and around the game. Uh, Tim, I probably uh, I started playing golf when I was 11 or 12 years old, and uh, I was fortunate enough that my parents were members at the Greyburn Country Club in Newton. Back then, I pretty much played three sports, so I didn't. Uh, golf was more of a summer activity. Um, but as early as then, I uh, did compete in tournaments, and uh, which brought me to the Ponkapon Golf Course. I played in the CYO and New England Juniors. During that time, uh, I also played uh, hockey and baseball. Uh, my true love for in sports was always hockey. Um, I went on to uh, play collegiately at the University of Maine. I didn't really play too much golf in my teenage years competitively uh, once I started playing hockey. But uh, my second year of minor league hockey, I was injured quite a bit and uh, living in a warmer climate. So I uh, started playing golf again and really enjoyed it. And when I retired from hockey, uh, I kind of got sick of playing, paying for golf. So I decided to give uh, the golf business a chance uh, in my mid-20s, and I've been in it ever since. Just as a quick aside, I, I feel like getting a shameless plug in because I have a college hockey podcast called Puck University, so it, it's nice to hear from somebody who's a Hockey East alumnus. All right. So golf operations, that can entail a lot of things. I would imagine most of us who go to courses regularly would never really realize some of the things that go into making these courses playable on a daily basis. Um, my main responsibility is, is essentially for the administration, the starters, uh, the rangers, the clerks. Uh, so I pretty much handle the, the financial aspect of the golf course. Um, but... Uh, I don't have much to do with golf course setup and its maintenance. 
I, I do make suggestions on what, what I feel is necessary, but uh, I don't have much overall um, input on what it's, what's, what's going on day to day with the maintenance of the facility. Well, in terms of managing people like the starters, for example, I know Ponkapog is one of the busiest golf courses in, well, anywhere. So a, a very busy course that's so public must present a number of challenges in that regard as well that even most other public courses wouldn't be used to? Uh, we were fortunate. We usually, our stars are consisted of uh, summer staff. Uh, they're 90 day uh, employees. Uh, we had a lot of uh, college, college uh, kids this year who were, were quite friendly and they, they worked out great this year. But uh, essentially uh, when it's busy, it's just communication with the customer uh, letting letting them know where they stand, and uh, just being uh, honest with them on on what the procedures are. Yeah, I remember the first time I played that course. It was on a Sunday afternoon in the summer, and we we waited in line. But it was a very well maintained line. There was nobody that was particularly confused about how long the wait would be or what was going on. So for, for a course that has to deal with logistics on that kind of level to have such a handle on, it's pretty remarkable. I think, uh, Tim, in the last like, couple of years, we've, uh, we've changed our policies so that it used to be first come, first serve all the time at, at, at Ponkapong. Now it's uh, seven-day uh, tea times, four days in advance, which is uh, we kind of listen to the customer, and that's what they wanted. And uh, so it's not quite as hectic as it was back in, back in those days. Absolutely. And the course has gone through really a transformation in recent years. I know the, the number one course had some challenges in the 2000s. It was, it was closed for a while, but it's been recently renovated and receiving fantastic reviews. Yeah, this is our second full season that uh, course one has been opened. Uh, it was probably closed for a dozen years because of, uh, environmental issues um, so it was renovated by uh it was redesigned uh, by uh, brian silva and uh nmp uh golf construction did the work uh, and it came out pretty good it's, it's a very di- it's it's different than it was um back when i played in my youth but uh, it came out really well it's, it's harder than it used to be yeah, from what I had read, it was getting closer to the original Donald Ross design from 1933. So that that's also that makes it a piece of history in a way because that's one of the most prolific golf architects in a period in his career where he made some of the more famous courses anywhere. So you're getting a a piece of golf history with Ponkapog number one. Oh, no question. It's a, it's a great test. Like I said. Um, uh, with the, some of the environmental issues, they had to raise some of the fairways off. So now rather than going in the woods and finding your ball and hitting it out, uh, it's a drop off. And uh, essentially, you can kiss the ball goodbye if you're in those areas. And environmental issues are, of course, coming into golf at, at the way they're coming into everything at a, at a kind of fast and furious pace. And the game is having to adapt to changing landscapes mostly in terms of having to navigate fewer resources to be more friendly in that regard but also in in the case of a course like Ponkapog it was built on 
what is essentially swampland, so there was a drainage issue. So it's it's I'm sure there was a huge challenge when that course was renovated in in making it a lot easier to drain and a lot more friendly, and that tends to lead to elevated positions. And people who play golf know elevated greens and elevated fairways mean a lot of trouble if you're not on them. Exactly, exactly. Um, but it, it, it's all for the, uh, and that's essentially because of those issues is why it uh, uh, was closed for that period of time. But uh, in the end, it, it came out uh, way better than it's ever been. For someone that's played, is essentially familiar with the facility and has played there um, more than 35 years, it, it is the best it's ever been. And it is a course with a really interesting history in and of itself. We're going to talk about that right after the break. This is Ground Under Repair talking to Jim Burke. This Friday, Puck University returns with another off-season episode. College hockey's still in the middle of the off-season, but I'm going to host a three-person panel, and we're going to have the expansion special. Chris Lynch and Jim Williams will join the show. We're all going to discuss schools that we would all like to see ad hockey if only it were that simple. A favorite topic of college hockey fans, it's the expansion special. This Friday on Puck University. Welcome back. We're talking about Ponkapog Golf Club in Canton, Massachusetts, and we're just getting to the history of the course. I mentioned earlier it's a Donald Ross design from the accepted year is 1933, but as I could understand it, I don't think people are entirely sure when it was designed exactly, but the year that most people say is 1933. So that's a course that's been in existence for little over 80 years now and it's actually two courses there's the number one and the number two the thing i think the course might be best known for and this goes kind of for for good and for ill is that in 1988 rick riley for sports illustrated wrote an article that compared the famous country club in brookline massachusetts to Ponkapog, and that article seems to have resonated quite a bit and became for a while the perception of a very heavily traveled public course. Did that resonate with the course or did it come across in a more negative light? Um, I would say it wasn't far from the truth. Um, some of the characters that were in the book uh, were were real. I think it was it was a combination of the of the, the people that visited the facility and the condition of the golf course at that time. And I think that also was pretty close to when the U S open was, was going on at the country club. So, um, and the tiger days when golf was, was, was really, really popular. So I think it was just all, all came together then. And that's kind of when I first heard of Ponkapog, or Ponkapog, that's the first way I heard of it, is Ponky and this course with a, a certain reputation. But the other story I know about the course, when I, when I heard this, it was hard to believe, and when I've told it to other people, they always seem to have trouble believing it. In 2003, when the U.S. Open was held at Bethpage Black, a number of people from the USGA toured Ponkapog Golf Club and talked about 
its potential as a U.S. Open course. Do you do you know more about that? Um, I do know uh, some about it. It is true that USGA did visit the Park Pong Golf Course. I think it was probably closer to uh, 2007 or eight, uh, and they did view the facility. Uh, they were very interested in the the vast amount of land that's there and the infrastructure of the greens. Um, but at the end of the day, it takes a lot of space and land to hold such a big event. And I don't think they felt that it had that, had that to offer for the, for the tournament. Yes. And the resources that would have to be outpoured for any of these are so tremendous that it, it makes it, it, it makes it a better thing to talk about than it might be in actual practice. But would you say that that running was a major moment for the course in its history, being that, as as we just mentioned, there's a reputation around that course, and then suddenly it's being talked about in a much, much different light? Absolutely. And I think that, that only helped um, with the renovation project that, that took place. But uh, along with... Um, that, the U.S. Open talk of the book of Rick Riley um, and how popular it was for junior tournaments in the, in the 70s and 80s. I think that those are, those are probably the big moments of the, of the course. And now it's, it's, it's turned its page with the renovation. And it's a, it's a great public golf course at a great value. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and like I said, it's a great value. The course one has a great value for, for, for a public experience. It's uh, $27 during the week and 30 on the weekend and carts are, are $15. Just to put a, a button on the, the stories about Ponkapog, shortly after the course was renovated, David Fay, former executive for the USGA, wrote for Golf Digest that he still believes that the 36-hole facility south of Boston has the stuff to be another Beth Page. So while, again, that's easier said than done and it's a lot of fun to talk about, I think that just says a lot about how far the course has come, that people in a high position can take a look at it, and that U.S. Open dream is there the way it's there for scratch golfers who think about a qualifier. So as someone who firmly believes myself that golf is for everyone, I think that there are a few courses anywhere that demonstrate that better than Ponkapot. Uh, definitely in the New England area, that's for sure. Um, I've had the, the opportunity to visit that page uh, four or five times, and it's, it's a much different and, and, and more vast facilities than, than anybody uh, would imagine if you haven't been there. They have five golf courses. Um, huge, it's a, just a huge parkland area. So uh, that's kind of what Ponkapong is missing uh, com if you were to compare it to Beth Page as well as, as, well as 
they've, they've had two major championships, if not three, if you count uh, the FedEx Cup. But uh, so they've they've had quite a quite a revenue stream going in there. Yeah, that that's for sure. And and it would take a massive outpouring to to even get that down the line. But it's such a wonderful thing to talk about. And again, it it's it's a much better light and a much different light than a lot of people would know the course that a lot of people call Ponky. So I thank you so much for coming on the show. Jim Burke, Golf Operations Manager for the Department of Conservation and Recreation. Um, any other plugs for any golf courses in Massachusetts that you'd like to get out there before I let you go? Uh, you're putting me on the spot, Tim. Uh, geez, one of my favorite courses is probably TPC. Um, so get down to the Deutsche Bank, and it's on the Deutsche Bank now. I'm not even sure what it's called. Um, and enjoy that. I I will be writing about it from the from the press area. So I, I'm excited to see the TPC Boston for the first time myself, if as a spectator. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Great, thanks for having me, Tim. That's our show for this week. Thanks to Jim Burke, the Massachusetts DCR and public offices nationwide that keep municipal courses and public tracks going. You're on the front lines of making golf accessible, and most of us had our first encounters with the game on courses just like that. So everyone out there, show some love to your local courses. At the end of the day, I think that's where the heart of golf will always reside. Thanks also to Amazon. Want a free trial of Amazon Prime? Trust me on this, you won't regret it. Get your free 30-day trial by following the link on our description. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio, our gracious host website, as well as iTunes and Stitcher, where you can always find this podcast. We'll be back next week with more stories from behind the scenes of the game we all know and love. This has been Ground Under Repair. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Fairways and greens, everybody. <laughs>